0: be aware. All I'm saying, you never know what someone's going through. Just because they look happy doesn't make it true. Hopefully this podcast will help you see you are not alone, you at least got me. We are more alike than you may know, but if we stay quiet, we will never grow. Don't so ever give up because you got this. If you quit, think of all the opportunities that you could miss. listen to others just to be aware all i'm saying you never know what someone's going through just because they look happy doesn't make it true hopefully this podcast will help you see you are not alone you at least got me we are more alike than you may know but if we stay quiet we will never grow don't ever give up because you got this if you quit think of all the opportunities that you could miss Hey, everybody, and welcome to Authentic Points of View. I am your host, Danielle Boer, as always. Oh, woohoo! I'm excited. So, this guest is awesome, and she was a nurse like me. Well, I'm like her because she started before me. So, Karen.
1: Shable, Shable. I know. I was gonna mess I'll it up. You. A, you.
0: Thank you. She came to my rescue. Is a former RN, certified, um, what life coach, right? <laughs> so, and she's uh helping people kind of like get their life back and not worry about dieting and all that stuff. And she helps people with intuitive eating. So that's exciting. I need to know as well so karen welcome to the show
1: thank you thank you thank you yes that's nurses were out there i'm <laughs> retired but still i was i was a nurse for 27 years so i what? i get what it's like to be out there so yeah thank you for letting me come in here and uh talk to talk to the other women listening to us
0: yay yeah i'm excited and so um i've only been a nurse for almost nine years Uh, so 27 is like wow that's amazing great job and thank you for what you do and I find it cool because like you're so you're in Canada I am yeah and so Edmonton oh that's so that's awesome so you said wait is that the west or where are you west West coast Coast. okay so um but there's a lot of similar things in nursing like even in Canada. So I was like, that's really cool. Uh, because you and I talked off air before about the like bullying and nursing and different things. And I, I was telling uh some of my co-workers, I said, this sounds so stupid. But I was like, I didn't know it happened in other places. <laughs> so um,
1: so yeah. All the same. I think a nurse is a nurse. Honestly, I do think that because I work with nurses all over. And we all go through the same, the same stuff. No, and yeah. that's a
0: shame, but you know, yeah. I mean, at least it's not, I mean, it, it's just, I don't know. Anyways, uh, there's a lot of things that go on behind the scenes that people don't really know that can really play with you mentally. Um, and so while you were nursing, uh, and you had small kids, you were dieting a lot. Um, which I've been there. Uh, how many diets do you think that you did? I mean, like on and off.
1: Oh, I, you know what? I could, I, so many, I started my first like real crash diet when I was in grade 12. So up until then, so I was overweight starting about age eight till I lost my, the first major, I lost 50 pounds in six weeks. And that was over Christmas when oh I was my. in grade 12. Yeah, because my grad was coming up, and I wanted to look good at grad, you know, diet mentality. And um, that was my first big diet, crash diet. And from that place till age 42, I did all the diet, like I literally was on a diet, I think every single year. So if you count how many years that is, that's a lot of years. I think not every year, because when I was pregnant, I had three children, I wasn't dieting then, but... In my brain, I was still freaking out over my weight because I gained so much weight when I was pregnant. So I lived in diet mentality land, culture land, most of my life. And then at 42, I hit a rock bottom. So I'd done all the diets and I gained and lost. Like I did yo-yo dieting for all those years. I'd lose it. But the problem is this is what I really want to put out there to anybody listening, is we can lose that weight. So I lost that weight many times. Like at 42, I lost over 100 pounds, but I lost a lot of weight many times, but I felt no different. So we have this thought in our head that losing the weight when we get there will feel better about ourselves. But I never felt any different inside myself. What's on the outside of us? if we don't work on what's on the inside of us, it makes no difference. And that's why then we gain it back again because we're still beating up on ourselves, feeling terrible about ourselves. And then also to the other side of it is these diets, this diet culture is having us rely on them to tell us what to do in our life, how Mm -hmm. to eat, what to eat, how much to eat. And then you stop. And then what are you left with? you're lost then you go back to the old way of eating because that's the only way you know that's why i've gone to intuitive eating now because intuitive eating is teaching yourself how to eat like as a child they intuitively eat if you leave a child alone they eat when they're hungry they stop when they've had enough they know they don't like something they know they do like something like it's trust they trust themselves they don't even know it because it's innate, innate in them. But as we grew up, all of a lot of us that are dieting, we've lost that. And now we're relying on this thing outside of us to tell us. So that's what intuitive eating is. But at 42, after all the diets I did, and I, I don't know about you, but it, with each diet, each failed attempt, I'd feel worse and worse about myself. And then we have nursing on top of it being a nurse, mm-hmm. you know, and all the things going on there and some bullying and then, you know, not feeling good enough because of what's going on with me and, you know, my, my worth is tied to my weight and my weight is, influencing my worth and I go to work and I don't feel good enough like it just is intertwined and I hit a rock bottom and I was so depressed and I knew I couldn't live like this anymore and I actually had thoughts that's we were talking about that one because you've been through that and I had thoughts of ending my life and I'm grateful for that moment, because that moment changed my life. In that moment, I decided I didn't want to go that path. And so I stopped dieting, which I thought I did, I did for the most part. And I went and I found a group coaching program that worked on me inside of me, like my worth, my self esteem. And I lost that weight. That's when I lost 100 pounds because I wasn't emotionally eating anymore I was a big emotional eater because I couldn't handle my life and I had enough confidence to leave my marriage but as the years go on so I lost that weight and I worked at the bariatric clinic helping you know sending people for surgery and I felt so I couldn't work there anymore because I saw they're going for the surgery but the surgery is only a tool if you don't work what's on inside you and know how to look like to eat for yourself that that tool never works so I left there and that's when I got into doing this but I know I'm yakking lots but so yesterday I have a coach and I've I always prided myself and I taught myself how to be an intuitive eater. And I thought I was a, like, I was an intuitive eater, right? But what ended up coming up is, and I want to share this because of how uh, such the diet culture and mentality has such a hold on us that I thought I was, but yet I still was holding on to this need to maintain my weight. So and that is because diet culture, right? Your worth, if you're not in this box of what they think you should be, like what society thinks we should be in, how we should look, then you're you're gonna be judged and picked on in that. And then that I was bullied as a kid. So that felt unsafe to me. So that was the other thing I learned. I had a lot of trauma going up because of my weight. So my need to hold on to the weight I'm at now is just keeping me safe from being traumatized again. So that was one thing. But then she brought up your you holding on to needing this weight isn't intuitive eating because what would you do if the number went up? And I said, well, I I you know I wouldn't eat as much. You know, I I change how I was eating in a sense, really watch what I was eating. That's not intuitive eating. Intuitive eating is trusting in your body, listening to your body and what it needs. So I was like, oh, well, more work to be done. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's totally, you know, it, it, I, it, I'm I, this is what I'm passionate about. But in relation to all of this, what I, especially for nurses is, is there is there first this need of needing to lose weight or that focus on food and weight in your body because of your fear of not being accepted right and is there some trauma going on there too that it's keeping you safe so you know it just to start thinking that's how we gain that awareness to then know what what direction do we go
0: Yeah. So uh, that's like, uh, is a lot with me. So, (laughs) so, um, I, oh boy, I have, um, I don't even know if I've done a lot of diets. I don't even know what I've done, but, um, so one time when I lost 60 pounds, I wasn't on a specific diet. I was just eating healthier. And then I was working out like 400 times a week and um to the point where I was like obsessed with it and um I like almost passed out while I was working out and this was way before I was a nurse and one of the ladies was a retired nurse and she was like I still was gonna go to work because I was a single mom and she was like I'm on the ground and I'm like I gotta go to work and she's like um yeah. no and I was a waitress and she's like you can't you can't even stand up I'm like i and I had an ear infection, which is a lot of my. I have dizziness, like chronically, and I think it's my ears. Um, so <laughs> I just went to the hospital yesterday. They did not check my ear, but I think I do have an ear infection. Yeah, but it's okay. Um, but anyway, so I've been so dizzy that I can barely stand. Sometimes it is not fun, especially when you're taking care of others. So when I go take uh, care of people, like right now, I've been doing like clinics and outpatient places, and. I have to be careful that I don't turn too fast or I don't do this or when I bend over and not make it obvious because I don't want people to know like what the heck's wrong with her because I could still perform my job I just need to be more aware but with weight wise I have been all over the place and so I started this doing this business it's like network marketing uh where you sell like products right and they're supposed to be all natural and blah, blah, blah. and if any of y'all are listening sorry but come on it's hoopla um so <laughs> i started doing the detox tea which i sold it like cra- i was doing well um and it does help you but you have to keep doing it and then i was taking pills on top of it so i lost weight and then I left the state came to Georgia and left my ex-husband which was still my husband of course at the time and lost that business or whatever so I stopped doing that and then I got even heavier than I had ever been so I got almost up to 300 pounds and when I look back I'm still like and I'll talk about that in a second but I'm not almost 300 pounds right now but I'm still like way heavier than I need to be but when I looked back at pictures, I was like, holy crap. And I had a lot of trauma. I just left my fam, like my, my mm-hmm. son, uh, my bonus son and my dog and my businesses and my house that I fought for, uh, to get and all this stuff. And I was there for 11 and a half years. And I just left like, because of the craziness that was going on in my house and I just took off and that was gone. And so um you know and I had worked in the same hospital for two years and it was in the town that I lived, so I knew a lot of people my kids were playing sport it was just a lot so um I gained way more weight and I was miserable and then um so that the last time that I lost weight I met my boyfriend and he's like very healthy and we're still together um but he's very very healthy and he had never been with a bigger person so you have this like even though he's not saying anything and he doesn't say anything about my weight ever I had this like shame like (laughs) like oh my gosh it's embarrassing like we go to the gym and he's younger than me so people would make fun of him because of me and it was sad and I felt horrible and um and I wasn't even doing the right things at that point like I was losing some weight but it was like Again, who knows what I was eating? Like one time I tried keto, I was in the hospital for four days because I did it wrong. So, and that's what this time that I, um, well, the last time I lost weight. So, anyway, I mean, like it was just a mess. And then finally I started going to boot camp. And so they taught me about counting macros and stuff. And so a lot of these things are hard to maintain, which yeah. I did so good so good like I lost like 33 pounds in like a few weeks like I did amazing and I I got injured so I wasn't even working out as much but just changing my eating habits like really was I mean it was very helpful and I did well and I got down to like a size 14 Um mm-hmm. and I was like in a size 22 24 before that and I was healthy all my stuff went away that I had but I injured myself because the My body wasn't like fit for that intense, like that high, uh, that hit H I I T or whatever. So I actually was hurting myself. So yes, yes, I'm smaller than I had had been, but my body is now, I'm having like a lot more joint and I still have it. Like I, that didn't go away (laughs) in my back. I got scoliosis. I got lots of issues. So anyway, so that, um, I kept that off for a while and I lost 80 pounds that time and I was feeling good I looked good like I was like started like doing background acting I was like felt good I still felt like a big person but then when I look at myself in the mirror I could see the skinnier person so I was like okay and I and plus he was very encouraging and my daughter and you know whatever everybody was like oh so I felt good but um COVID happened and for the first time in my life I didn't have a nursing job because I work in recovery so they took away like they weren't doing surgeries because they didn't know what was going on, so everything like stopped for a while, and um, so they weren't hiring travelers, of course, because their own staff wasn't really getting hours. Well, I gained like fifty pounds in three months, and um, and now I'm having such a hard time like getting everything off again, and it's mental, like it's so mental. Um,
1: <laughs> it's yeah, like, it's a it's a mental game. It is. The thing is like what I because I've been through it all too and like you even said your brain like we still see ourselves like there's many times it's been 14 years I still see myself as what I was for many years ago but what I have learned like I don't know about you but for me I look back at like, we are so good as a nurse looking after everybody else, right? right? That's our whole job. But how are we looking after ourselves when we are, like, treating our body like terrible, beating up on ourselves mentally? Look how hard you were on your body, the physical side of it, restricting food. Like, we are literally abusing ourselves. And I saw that, but I didn't quite see it because I thought, but that's the way you should be because you're supposed to be this certain weight. This is what we've been told. But as I'm learning, it's quite interesting is I've only just shifted away from weight loss because I know focusing on weight loss, that the food isn't the problem. Diets talk about the food is the Mm -hmm. problem. But if the food was the problem, then there, it's everybody going on a diet, it would all work, right? Right. So right. getting the focus away from that and what is, and I don't want to say problem, because it's not a problem, is what's going on underneath all of this. Like that's where we need to do our work. And when we do that, and actually it starts with, this is a hard one for many people. And it was for me, was accepting what is right now. Because what if we don't accept, and it might not be even accepting, but being neutral at least to where we are right now. Because if we aren't, I know I've done this to myself, is then we're we're beating up on ourselves for being right where we're at. So let's say my weight right here, right now, my brain is, I should lose 10 more pounds. This is just a brain, right? Mm -hmm. Stories my brain tells me. And I'm mad at myself for being where I'm at, beating myself, being hard on myself, not accepting or even being neutral where I'm at. And I'm thinking if I'm hard on myself, then I'll get myself to do something. It never works that way. It does to a point in the beginning, but think about it. Like, if we talk to a child and really are hard on them, how motivated are they to make a change or do something different? Right. And so I had to really learn to just accept and I don't know about accept, but be with, accept or be with like what it is. And then it, takes like, it's such a stressor on your body when we're beating up, beating up mentally on ourselves and stress. It's right. Oh, it Cortisol is and all that stuff. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So yeah. we are doing it to ourselves but right. this dietary history, culture has taught us no other way. Like, I just yeah. like these things I'm learning and I've learned, I'm like, ah, like, why didn't I know this earlier?
0: <laughs> yeah. So
1: the thing the hard
0: thing is that like I think the hardest part for me is that um, I know what to do but I'm also older so now I'm 40 and I have joint issues so like when I go for a hike I feel like my leg is about to be ripped off or whatever you know like I just have a lot of pain so and I'm not a medicine person I started taking turmeric though uh, but um but like that's the hard part is that I know what to do, but I just am not like and I I was um vegetarian for a while and I made a joke because I, I don't know if I told you that I was doing stand-up, but um I made a joke about how like uh how... Uh, I gotta remember it. So, all my jokes got lost. True story. Um, because my phone stopped working and all of them, all the recordings and all the written jokes were on that phone. But anyway, so mm-hmm. basically, the joke was like, um, oh boy, about okay, so like people say, oh, they're like, I'm like, people say that vegans are just mad and. I'm like they're angry because they miss meat and I was like I'm angry because I gained 10 pounds since I became a vegan but that's true like I did so I started like I what I cut out the meat because of the inflammation because my joints are really like yeah so I cut it out because it does help I actually had a lot less pain when I cut out the meat um but I wasn't getting enough protein and then I was, was just a mess but anyway so uh but then I was eating more like pasta and rice, which I need to cut out. That's the problem. It's a balance. So when basically when you say like intuitive eating, what does that, do you mean you can eat whatever, but you just know when you're hungry or you're full or whatever. And like, you know, when to stop, is that what that means? Or how do explain it a little bit
1: more? So I was so many, many, many years ago, when I started this journey of mine, I heard about intuitive eating and I'm like, yeah, no, that's not for me. Like, there's no way I want to do that. And I don't like it's whatever, but what and how I became an intuitive eater, but it's a journey. So when we, I don't know, when I thought of intuitive eating, it's something you have to do. Like, this is the way it is. It's not rigid, not like diets. This is a learning what like, so what it is, is yes, you can have whatever you want. And our diet brain goes, oh my goodness, I'm gonna gain all this weight, right? Because we haven't allowed ourselves to have a lot of foods, like, because you're not supposed to, those are bad foods, right? Yeah, right. Right, Don't have those are, bad. <laughs> are bad. But guess what, for some bodies, maybe it is for other bodies, maybe not. So mm-hmm. what intuitive eating is, is stopping the food police, all the rules. And initially, when you let yourself have these foods, yeah, you're going to eat more of them, because you've restricted them for so long. But there's no such thing as a bad food. The only bad food is one you don't like. So you allow yourself to have them, you give yourself permission to have them. And I guarantee you, I did this too, you eat way more. But when you eat it, You sit and you pay attention when you're eating it, being mindful when you're eating it. Because most of us, when we're eating, we're doing lots of other things. So we're not even paying attention. Do I even like it? So what happened with me is, so let's say ice cream. I used to love ice cream. And I thought I loved ice cream. So in my old dining days, I couldn't have it. But then when I had it, wing, I'd eat it all. But I guarantee you, this is... This is how I learned that I really don't like it that much. I like a bit of it, but I let myself have it and I ate a lot of it. But as I sat and ate it, I realized the first couple bites tasted good. And then after that, I really didn't need it anymore. And then I ate less and less and less of it. So it's learning what foods you like, what foods you don't like, how it feels in your body. That's about the intuitive. No rules. Just like really, like, what is it? Like a child, they have given themselves, like if a parent isn't monitoring, like being rigid with the food, but letting them give it a try, like my grandson, they're so good with him. They'll give him food. And if he eats it, he's only two, but if he doesn't like it, he'll like not eat it. So I grew up where no, you need to eat it all. Right. I don't care if you don't like it, you eat it. So I didn't learn, do I actually like it or do I not like it? So it's actually relearning how to eat and relearning what I like to eat. And I guarantee you, when you start doing that, and then you really pay attention to, am I really hungry and learning like your body cues, then you eat, your body tells you when to eat and, and really paying attention to how much do you need to eat the only tricky part is like the emotionally eating can come in a bit, but I've really been very mindful. like I know when I'm wanting to eat when it's emotional eating because I've got this urgency. So then I know, okay, when it feels urgent, that's my emotional eating. What is it I'm needing in that moment? because I I grew up, I turned to food to cope in life to help me feel better. So it's what can I do to help that coping make my help myself feel safe? Feel those emotions. But the other times it's really about just being like trusting yourself. Like the diets have taught us not to trust ourselves. The diets have taught us trust them. They know how to, right. what to do. But honestly, has it worked for us? I don't know about you, but I'm like I said, I don't know how many diets I did. It never worked. But it's fear of doing that because then we are so like I said, tied to our value and our worth is in what we look like. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Like but when I started stand-up, I might have even gained weight since then. I don't even know. Look at, see, uh, <laughs> but um, when I started stand-up comedy, I was so worried about, first of all, I was nervous because I had a fear of public speaking. Uh, second of all, I was the only female sometimes and I'm big. So I kept worrying about that. So I wore all black, like almost every time I went up, I would wear all black, like this, wearing a color is new to me. I don't like, I've done it when I was smaller, but I don't like to wear colors a lot because I feel like you can see more of myself. Uh, but now I'm like, whatever. And you know, with me being a life coach, um, I have learned to, not that I, because i would i need to be hel- healthy number 1 so me needing to get this weight off is not because i don't look good this size it is because i'm literally think i have sleep apnea now which is dangerous i wake up like and that's not good uh i can barely i can walk like but actually sitting down makes me more stiff to be honest, but I mean, I can keep up. Like I run circles on people like, and it's funny cause they look at me like what in the world. But, but then later on that day, I'm like, Holy shnikes. I feel like I've been hit by a bus. <laughs> like it hurts. Yeah. So I can do it while I'm doing it. But the, there's so many other things. Like my GI issues are back. Like, so I need to take care of myself because I want to live a long life for my kids and for me, you know what I'm saying? Like, so that's why. But a long time it was about what I looked like, what I looked like, what I looked like, what I looked like. And I would watch my videos back and be like, oh my gosh. Like and and then I wouldn't pay attention to people laughing. I wouldn't even hear the people laughing because yeah. all I saw was me, like what I looked like. And um and that's not the way to be. And so I I've gotten better with it because like, you know, now I do the podcast and so I could see myself and at first it wasn't video and then it was video. And now I don't pay attention to what I look like when I like, like when I edit or look back at the YouTube, I'm like, okay, like whatever, you know, that's just me, but I'm a good person. And so you have to think about like what value you have and like, what do you bring to the table? And I have a heart of like. Gold. I love people and I will do anything for anyone. And I am such a caring person and I can hopefully make you feel better and I could be there for you. And so I'm supportive. I'm all these things. Right. And so that doesn't define like who I look like on the outside doesn't define that. Like, and I've always said, I've always said that though. Even when, you know, I was like so upset about how I looked, I would say, Listen, I could lose a weight, but if you have a stank attitude and you're not a good person, you can't just all of a sudden become a good person. It's very hard. It's, you know, like it's harder to fix those things to fix the outside appearance. So the other day I, oh my gosh. So I, um, like I've been engaged for a long time. I don't talk about it. Cause like at one p- point we split up. Um, but like, so we, My sister's here and she's doing a nursing assignment in in Georgia. So so for I don't know where it came from. But anyway, I had a wedding dress. Okay. I gained, again, I told you, I gained so much weight. So this wedding dress is a size 14. No, I'm not close to that. So I said, I'm going to go. I just talked to my sister about it. I was like, well, I kind of want to look. And she was like, oh my gosh. So we went and it's really cool because we weren't really, she's my half sister. So we never really lived together. So she went with me, which was such a good feeling. So she went with me and she never cries. Okay. She's not an emotional person. She probably can hear me upstairs, but she's, she's not emotional at all. Um, and, uh, so I was like, I was so nervous going, I'm like, I don't really know if, cause what I want, I don't see myself being big in what I want. Like, that's my whole thing. Like the dress that I love. And I'm like, I want a mermaid. I want this. I want that. I don't see myself at this size looking good in it and so we I was like picking out stuff and we set the appointment and I was like I don't want to do it I'm nervous I just don't want to and I've married before okay so I've worn dresses before (laughs) like it's not that big of a deal um but when I went the the ones I mean immediately it was so crazy like the plus size one that I loved was on a mannequin and my sister's like oh my gosh I'm like the one that I wanted so we got that one and then the second one she found like the one that I wanted I don't even know and she's like "Oh," look, and I'm like what in the world so there's a few and so like I tried on the first one and I looked beautiful and I felt beautiful and so like I but I said oh this part of my stomach and blah 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 you know like the thing and so my sister's like, oh my gosh, that's just that's stunning. Like, I love it. And so I put on the other one. I didn't even get it all the way on, and I went, uh oh, I I don't know, guys, I think this is going to beat the other one. And so the girl asked me, what do you feel like zero to ten? Like, you know, we do that in the pain scale, but this was how good do you look? And ten is good. Yeah. And I was like, oh, a ten. And I felt yeah. proud of myself because I wasn't worried about that. Yeah. You know, like I wasn't worried about like those things I was like oh my gosh I look like a beautiful woman it doesn't matter what size I was but the second dress I looked like a a princess I was gonna say a freaking princess I was so like excited and the crazy part is is that it's more revealing and my sister's like you look more comfortable in this than you did and I did because it was it was stunning like I looked so good I felt so good And so what I'm saying is to everyone is that we don't have to beat ourselves up because no matter what you look like, it's again, it's about health for me. That's why I want to be smaller because I want to be healthy. I want to be able to go hiking and not, not be able to walk for two days. Literally, I went hiking and couldn't walk for two days. That's not good. Uh, That's not normal. So, you know, I want to be able to do the things that I could do before. That's why I want to look I want to be skinnier and healthier. But yeah. but I saw myself as a beautiful, like, and I said he would like be so excited to see me in this, you know, and it wasn't about the size. So yeah. I'm like you what Karen You yeah. feel, right? Yeah, you do. And yeah. what we're saying is to everyone is that, you know, mentally, that's the hard part. Yeah. Once you tackle that and you know that, you know, I'm proud of myself, no matter, even if you're working out or you're, you're eating healthy or you're doing intuitive intuitive eating, we take steps forward and we take steps backwards. Yeah, yeah. You can't beat yourself up, but you just got to adjust and then just keep going. Right. And so same thing with me. Like I know what to do. I need to do it and I will talk to you about your whole, and uh, also Karen, uh, you're intuitive we'll talk yeah. off air and I'll, I'll yeah. probably hire you as a coach because I need help. But, but the point is like, don't beat yourself up because you're beautiful. Because when I look at my face, even though it's bigger than it has been, I have beautiful cheekbones. I have pretty eyes. I have people always compliment me on my eyebrows. You know, there's so many different features that, you're just gorgeous. You don't have to worry about like the outside yeah. things. Work on the inside. And like Karen said, when when you do, you're gonna start to see everything else just get better around you. Yeah. And that's what you're teaching now, right? Like it's just yeah. it's it's awesome.
1: What what I learned, like I talk because I've been through it is if you don't like we think about okay, how we look extra weight, let's say, right? Mm-hmm and we're going to beat ourselves up. And then when we get to that weight, we have this fantasy in our head, that everything will be lovely. But guess what, if you're beating yourself up this way, you still beat yourself up, because then, oh, look at my wrinkles. Oh, I had surgery on my face. Oh, look at this, like, you will keep beating yourself up. And you'll never feel like you will never feel good enough. Right. And I've been like, I I still have moments like that. I'll still look in the mirror and I'll go, oh, look at these wrinkles. But then I'm like, does that really do any good? Is it going to change it? Right. So it's that we have to like feel on the inside, like mentally work on feeling and Feeling good about ourselves, whatever way we are, like, and that's what I say, like accepting and being with what is, but also treating us, like treating ourselves, like we we are matter, right? Like when we're beating ourselves up and hard on ourselves, and worried about, like you know, you were talking about worried about other people, what they are Absolutely. thinking. Like I live my life like that. I still at times do a bit. Like, you're not even living your life. You're living your life through somebody else, right? Because your brain is in, what do they think about me? Well, I should do this, or I should be this way. So you don't, like, I think I lost myself for a long time. Like, I think that's when I hit my rock bottom, because I think I was living this life of what I thought everybody else thinks I should be like, I know I was, you know, I should be this certain way, I should be doing this and doing that. And, you know, I'm not doing it. And what a failure and I was. But when I stopped my focus on everybody else and figured out who I am, what and like you, what makes me feel good and beautiful. That's what's important. Like, no wonder I was so depressed and anxious because I lived out of through everybody else's head
0: Mm -hmm.
1: like I was in their head what are they thinking and feeling worrying about it and I'm like oh my goodness and so it's like intuitive eating to me too means it's it's being who you are right like that's part of it is and for me like even some days I struggle like with my coaches today I'm like because I tied my identity to the person that lost all this weight. And I was fearful, like a fear came up in me. Who am I, if I don't have that? Yeah. So that's one thing I've been working on is like, who am I? And I'm like, no, look at like you said, like the, who you are, like what an amazing person you are, you would do anything for anybody like that's I need to tap into that, like go to that place. But when we put our identity on our outer look, like how can I be happy living from that place? Right. So I've really, that's been my work is like really tapping into like honoring who I am. And and that means honoring my body too. Right. And not beating up on the the wrinkles I'm getting at my age and that. And like I've had trauma in my life and And I I can feel like this is something new, this learning about the trauma response and that and how like, I know I've been on this fight or flight for a long time. Like living in my head is my way of staying safe because if I go and feel it feels really unsafe, but it's that allowing myself to feel it, like helping myself feel safe and it's it's not easy. Let me tell you, (laughs) it's scary and uncomfortable, but you know what? I know if I do this work, like I, I can then really be free. Like when I, I was talking to you about this before I got on, like, it was like when she did this work with me, this, she was like, it was an hour and a half of coaching with me, helping me work through this. And at the end, And that's what I do with my clients. And I can see it because I now I see that happens to them. Like she's like so many times my clients go, they take this breath and go, oh, oh my goodness. Like what a relief. And that's what happened with me was it was almost like her working through this with me and showing me the trauma response in my body gave me permission to finally be with it. And it was like, what a relief like it just live from that place of this tightness of not tight in your body anymore it's like my brain can then think of so many other things other than my freaking weight right because yeah it is more than our weight like it really is <laughs> absolutely so, yeah wow. but we get so i don't know it's such a interesting concept this diet culture that we are so caught up in and I love how you like you've let that go a lot about not worrying about what other people think of you in regards to the weight because who cares about anybody else like what's what is the best thing we can do for ourselves, right
0: right yeah that's that's well that's what we teach like I feel like that's what we teach our kids to like Don't worry about, you know, like, and that's hard, though, because they're worried about everything. What am I wearing? What is this? This person's going to die. Well, I can't have these shoes and blah, blah, blah. And I have a nine year old and she's like that. And I'm like, girl, calm down. But then I had to catch myself because I was like that. And so she would correct me and she would be like, mom, stop. And so I couldn't I had to consciously think of like, okay, she's looking. Do I want her to say those things? And that's what. You have to really like be mindful of and, you know, but somebody said to me, I don't know, maybe like two months ago, oh, you're a nurse, you should know better and you should be eating healthier than anyone because big nurses, blah, blah, blah. And so, but people do probably look at me like that, but guess what? At the end of the day, in five years, are they going to remember how big I was? Or are they going to remember how I made them feel? Are they going to oh. remember how kind I was to them and how I was there for them and supportive or like whatever, or are they going to remember, oh, she was big and she bumped. I literally bumped into stuff. That's a true story. Um, uh, That's embarrassing. I um, <laughs> at, at a restaurant. This is a true story. Okay. And I'm just very transparent. The other day, oh my gosh, I was at a Salada. If you don't know what that is, it is amazing. Uh, Free promotion for Salada. It is a salad place. I don't know if y'all have that in Canada. Please look it up. We
1: do. They're different names. But okay. Yeah,
0: we, but no, yeah. it literally, you can put on whatever toppings you want. There's okay. no limit because some places oh. like here in Atlanta, you can only put on three toppings here. You can put on anything. There's oh. fruit, there's vegetables, but protein costs extra. So like quinoa costs extra. And then like the meats cost extra artichokes and avocado cost extra. Other than that, you can put whatever you want. There's different lettuces. There's different things. It is amazing. Oh, my gosh. So I was there, okay, and (laughs) it is so slammed, and I'm in, like, a rich neighborhood, not the one I usually go to. I'm in a rich neighborhood. I am walking in between. I just got off, so I'm on scrubs. I am walking in between tables and literally got caught on a table, almost knocked over a chair, and these three guys, these, like, in business suits look at me, and one of them goes, (laughs) what? I'm tearing up the place and I just fixed a chair and I just kept walking. And so I didn't beat myself up because I was like, who cares? A skinny person could have done that. The the rows were really small. So it's funny. It's that you have to train yourself, which again, it's hard. My big issue is that I have to get healthy because, you know, like, um, I was telling you about my heart, like my heart, I've been having palpitations, my heart rate's been up, it was up in the 120s, even sitting down, it's been 100. So that's not normal for me. So I need to get myself together because of that. Like, I need to watch what I'm eating because of that, because I don't need fried food. And then now I can feel my arteries, like literally, like literally, I can feel like the tightness. That's intuitive eating, probably the things that affect you or make you feel sick or sluggish, then you are mindful of that probably. And you're like, oh, I'm not going to eat that or too much salt. Like if I eat too much salt, I could feel my, my hand is tight. Like I feel like my blood pressure is going up. So then you think about those things and you're like, well, cheese makes me sick. Okay. And then I had cheese yesterday and guess what happened? It made me sick. So, so I have to be smart. And that's the thing. It's not even like limiting yourself because you're like, it's bad food. It's that if it makes you feel sick, then you need to know that and then fix it and kind of like work off of what makes me feel good then. Right. Like what foods make me feel good. If I eat an apple, do I feel good? Okay. Well,
1: maybe I need to eat an apple a day or something like that. And yeah. well, what I do, so trick wise, sorry to interrupt you. what I do is I'll give myself two options. Oh, because the one that, you know, the French fries, let's say like, I do this when I go out to eat, because my brain likes hamburgers and hot dogs and I allow not have hot dogs, I'm not a hot dog hamburger and French fries. And I don't limit myself not to have them. But then let's say there's a healthier version, salad, whatever it is, right? But I, I'm sometimes I'm like, I don't know what I want. So what I'll do is I'll I'll pick both, I'll look at both. And this is what I mean, mindfulness is so important because we're so used to, especially if nurses, we're so busy, like we go, 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 and we don't even stop and think. So really stopping and thinking, and what I do is I envision myself eating that. And then I envision myself, like I see myself eating it, and I literally like. Feel myself eating it, because our brains don't know the difference between seeing a self do it and actually doing it. And so then mm-hmm. I'm like, how does this make me feel in my body? Is this how I want to feel right now? And then I make a decision from there. And whatever decision I make, there's no beating myself up, right? But so many times our brains, because our brains are wired for pleasure, and of course, if, you're, if you've if not allowed yourself to have those foods whenever you want, your brain is going to want those foods. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So let yourself have an opportunity. Which one do you want to eat? To me, that's how I started this process. And it really did help me. Many times in the beginning, I'd still have the hamburger and fries. And now sometimes I'll have it, sometimes I won't. But it's just more comes from a place of, what feels right for me in this moment?
0: Yeah, that's a I good know, point. That's helpful. No, I like that. That is. And uh, a lot of coaches that I uh, have done, they're like, I don't even know. They have like a week, not a seminar, but you know, those like things that they do like a week, Monday through Friday yeah, and mm, stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. so yeah. I have done um, some of those and they say the same thing. You have to like envision and imagine yourself and that's with anything, So like whatever, like say for instance, like if you like think like, okay, well, I want to go say, for instance, you want to go waste money on something you don't need, but then you want to be a millionaire. So then you could think like, okay, so if I bought this, is it going to help me or is it going to, so you have to envision it and think like, oh, well, no, that's not necessary. I'm just going to waste the money and blah, blah, blah. Or can I, you know, put it in the invest or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like, so that's with everything. So I really like that. And it's really helpful because, um, I think again, like just really thinking before you do stuff, which also we tell our kids, uh, it's hard for me because I'm very like ADD. And so I was very impulsive or not. I mean, I actually am the opposite too. I'm very indecisive. But I sometimes like if I wanted a haircut, I would have to get that haircut today. Like I would be like, I want to cut off because I was a stress hair cutter and a stress eater. (laughs) So I'd be like, if I went through like a breakup or something happened, I'd be like, I need to cut all of my hair off, but I had to do it that day. And if I didn't do it that day, then the next day I'd be like, oh, thank goodness I didn't do that. Or if I did do it, I'd go, oh no. Like I just literally saw the shop that this lady messed up my head so bad, burnt the back of my head. It was bad. And, um, but it was like that day I had to get it done that day. So I didn't find like a really good salon. I didn't go to the normal place because they needed an appointment. I went into a place you can walk in. And then after that regretted it and was like, I look a hot mess. So, you know, thank goodness hair grows back. But the point is like, thinking and being in the moment is so helpful Mm -hmm. because you really can process things. And then sometimes you need to take the time to just go, oh, wait, or write it down. And when you read it out loud, you're like, "What? I want to do that. Or, you know, like, that doesn't make sense. Or I want to eat. Like, I don't eat that. Like, why would I want to eat that? Like sometimes, like when I literally was eating vegetarian, if I was stressed out, every once in a while i would eat like a steak or something and I'm, and then i would get sick from it and i'm like why am i doing this like and it was just a like impulsive thing i was just like yeah. it's going to make me feel better nope and made me feel worse every time yeah. and so that's like what you're teaching is really really cool so how when did you start the coaching actually the like your whole i know you changed it some but when did you become a coach and how long have you been coaching
1: Oh, so I was the last place I worked was at the bariatric clinic. Mm-hmm. And then I left there. Oh, that was like about eight years ago, I think around there, about that. And then I left there and actually I opened a nutritional nutrition clinic. Awesome. So it was, a, it was a franchise. So I hired a dietitian, a nutritionist, and myself. But again, it was a diet. You gave meal plans out. But I had this wonderful thought I'm going to bring in you know the the mental side of it into it right Mm -hmm. the mind work into it It didn't work it was people came there if you give them that diet that's what they wanted and it was a franchise so it was hard to make it you couldn't tweak, yeah yeah so I closed that down then I went and did the psychology of eating course it's a coaching certification program and it was amazing it like opened my eyes to a whole other way of life and then it just, I just like, I want to do coaching. And then I ended up because that taught us about the aspect of the eating. And it was, it was sort of intuitive eating in a way, but it was really figuring out your body and everything. And then I did another certification and it was life coaching, life weight coaching. And that's when it, so it was about three and a half, no, four years ago when I really started. And then I I started as a weight loss coach and just in the summer I just I I didn't have my heart in it I my clients would did, did good but I really didn't have my heart and I held myself back and I realized because it wasn't in alignment with me like I didn't want to talk about weight loss I wanted to talk about why you're struggling with the food and everything and then I just couldn't figure out what how to do this and then intuitive eating this lady that teaches it that teaches coaches how to do it came in and I realized I'm a like majority of it I am an intuitive eater except for this one little aspect so she's helping me work through this aspect and then I I am like I can fully embody fully believe in myself that this is what I want to teach and this is what I teach so but like But I never will be and nothing's perfect, right? Like, I don't expect perfection. I know there'll be days where I eat what I eat and I maybe aren't following it, but it's never, nothing is ever, there's no perfection. There's no such thing as perfect. Like, and and I think, I don't know about you, but the diet mentality I brought up in was it's either all or nothing, right? We're either all on a diet, all in, or we're totally not in. Right. But it's really learning. There is this middle ground in there, like right. It, there isn't like all there enough. And you know, it's interesting. I don't. I always say I don't know about you, but my clients, I see it so much is how they're eating this diet mentality. With the eating, also comes in in many other aspects of their life too. Right. So it's just changing the way you're looking at even life too, and like, just not being so hard on yourself. Like, I think so many of us, especially women, are so, so hard on ourselves. And I don't, when I learned, I don't know if you've heard this, that analogy of, you know, the, on the airplane, the oxygen mask coming down and you put it on. You know what? I honestly, I didn't get that. I'm like, yeah, no, like, I heard it, but intellectually, I couldn't, I couldn't take it in. And then when I finally started putting myself a little bit first in life, then I realized it because when I was burnt out, like I in nursing, you know what it's like. Mm -hmm. And I took so much on and I was trying to make changes when you're fighting a system and you can't fight a system. And, and, and I put myself like last and I was depleted and my, I I was a good person and I cared about people, but I was really not patient and a bit irritable and frustrated easily with my kids. But then once I started looking after myself and it's not even about bubble baths, like, you know, everybody thinks self-care is bubble baths, but it's actually starting to not beat myself up and just give myself five minutes grace of, downtime then I was becoming less of an irritable person I was a little bit nicer to my kids like awesome I was always nice but I had more patience so I finally understood what that meant and so that's why it's important it's about us then also we're the best person we can to other people as well
0: yeah that's true and that's what I so mine is uh, I work with uh, grief and PTSD. So, anybody that's experiencing that, but uh, and I'll, honestly, uh, almost everybody, well, everybody will experience grief in their life. Um, so it just depends on, you know, there's different, of course, uh, aspects and stages and different things, but really, that's what it's about is that if we change the mindset, and so. I work with my clients to not think about how the person passed away, how young they were, how did it happen, whatever. And so because that actually is making you miserable and then the, your life around you, like everybody, you're disconnected. And and so there's other ways also that it affects, but like, you know, my brother died tragically and he was 26. And so, um, and I witnessed it on the phone and, you know, and so like, then he had a daughter and then you, so you just, you play this on and on and on and you're like, oh my gosh. And I heard the last words that he said, and now I look back and I'm like, how like amazing and it's sad and it's sad that I'm, we lost him, but how amazing is that I literally had a behind the scenes look at mental health and the breakdown and the psychosis and all the things that can happen and that I can help people now. So it's not amazing that he died. Of course, it's not amazing the way that he died. But the fact that I heard and saw that it was not him and I can help people, I could say he wasn't in the right state of mind. And it took me a long time to get there. Okay, but I had to change my mindset. Number one, I couldn't feel guilty anymore. I got to let it go. There's nothing I could have done. And so once you start letting those things go, you can get back to life again. And just like with the food thing, like if you're not so focused on the dang food and I can't have this and I can and I I can only eat rice cakes or whatever, you're going to be freaking miserable because rice cakes are okay. You can't live off of them. I've done it's it like, but I can't stand them. What though? I like, think oh, no. it tastes okay but it's just oh, no substance but
1: like trauma. Yeah, <laughs> see,
0: trauma I know. Not too many. That's so, hilarious. So
1: yeah, so the- like what we hold in our head like and the, okay, so this is was the big aha moment for me with all the coaching courses I took. Mm-hmm. So many of us think we don't have a choice of what we are thinking like this is just the fact this is the way it is but we can challenge those thoughts we don't have to think this way we can think a different way because so many of us have been raised like I don't know about you when like to go through grief that is the focus focusing on their life and how bad it is and how sorry you are for everybody but we can choose a whole other way of thinking
0: Oh, yeah. And and that's the whole thing. If you do switch and say like in the, with my clients, I ask them, tell me the three ways that that person impacted you or like like what did they bring to the world? Like how great you know, what are three things that they did that are awesome or whatever or how you feel or whatever? And then they start thinking about the good things and they yeah. go, oh, wow. You know, instead of thinking about the way that they left because there's a lot of tragic stories that I've heard and mm-hmm. and it makes me sad I feel for them and I just but you can't stay in that moment. We can be in that dark place for a little bit. It's okay. Yeah. But you yeah. got to climb out of it because you're not going to be happy productive and if you have kids they're going to see that side of you. You're not going to be connected to your maybe your husband anymore and that's how divorces I mean can happen. I mean and so You know, you might not be productive in your job anymore and then you might just get depressed and then you might not even want to be live anymore. And so everybody has a purpose and everybody is important. And so focusing on those things like and say, for instance, you know, if it's your mom or dad that you lost, what did they instill in you that you are now using or that you could teach to the next generation? And that makes you feel good. And yes. if it's your mom, can you share her recipes? Can you do this? And let them live on and celebrate life, not the yep. death. Yeah. Right. We all are born and we all die, but don't focus so much on the the exit because that makes you sad. Don't yeah. focus on those things. Focus on the joy that you had and live, and if you had traditions, you freaking teach everybody the tradition you're and you don't have kids you can teach them to your nieces your nephews your friends your whatever you share that stuff and then you know people have started foundations for their family or their loved ones or their husband or whoever you're losing your kid uh Mm -hmm. god forbid if you lose a kid um start scholarship funds start a uh write a book like all these things and you can help other people in the process and that makes you feel good and then you get a sense of wow, like I'm using this tragic situation to actually help people. And, you know, I didn't talk about my brother's death for a long time. And now that I do, it, it feels so much better to just say, you know, this is what happened. And that's not how he was. That's not what defines my brother. My brother was funny and awesome and crazy as crap, but like he was a lot of things and he was a good friend, and he was a good dad, blah, blah, blah. But I had to focus on those things. And I didn't for years, I focused on what happened, the end moment, the last thing that I heard the last thing that this and you can't live like that. And I'm telling you from experience, because yeah. it'll eat you alive. I almost dropped out of college, yeah. I was not a present mother like I should have. And I was the only parent. Um, And that's not how life needs to be. Let the, the food dieting crap go let the the guilt the shame of whatever you're going through
1: you got to yeah. let it go. Like that's, that's thank you because yeah like what we hold in our heads that's what ends up result like I teach you have a circumstance mm-hmm. then you have thoughts about it which create your feelings which drive what you do and that's the result. So do you imagine feeling like you know holding on to all the the bad, like the, I don't want to say the things that, oh my goodness, this was so terrible. This is so bad. Yeah. Look at all the people they left behind. You will hold this heaviness inside of you. And what do you actually gain from it? Right. Same as the You're diet, like beating yeah. yourself up and I should be this and I shouldn't have eaten that. And like, then you feel this heaviness, like I, they're both very different, but they're the same. I don't right. want to no, get yeah. the heaviness from that. But what you hold in your head, if it's feeling so heavy in your system, how is that helping you? And I'm not saying just stop it. It's not easy. No. Right? You said it took you time. But allowing yourself to move into that space, like just being kind and gentle. And that's where the self-care comes in, like being kind and gentle and going, okay, like I'm okay now it's you know I can move on in a sense of thinking some other things too now right like yeah I you can't expect yourself to just go yeah and now okay let's think something else like it doesn't work that way but at least acknowledging yeah I feel it but now I can also think this too Mm -hmm. but I I love you sharing this because it brought up in me like the years of dieting, I did and beating myself up. And my focus, yes, I love my kids. And I always thought my focus, my whole world is my kids. Mm -hmm. But I was living my life with my kids through this dark, heavy space in my head, because of how I felt about myself and my weight. What kind of a, I know I was a good mother. But I know, That affected my son too, because he's in his thirties and we've talked about it. And I never, ever, ever said anything about his weight. And when he was a a teen, he went through a little bit, you know, they called it chubby, you know, it's a growth thing. I never said a word, but here I was always dieting, always watching my weight. Mm -hmm. I never said anything. I really tried not to beat myself up in front of him but he picked up on it and now he's his like he's very athletic he works out he's like you know in good shape but even said in the back of his mind he that a big part of why he works out is because he doesn't want to gain weight
0: Aww. so
1: i did like but i didn't realize what i did to him and right. I, I initially i felt so terrible but then i'm like but i knew no other way so this is my compassion on myself yeah but it's that how are we affecting other people with what we're doing and like even still like you know somebody grieving and if we're always talking about forever and ever how bad it is for that daughter how is that helping the daughter right right
0: yes so you're right and and that's a, a big thing that i teach also is like forgiveness so um, i kind of said it but i didn't say that word but that word's important so, and just like we say, not beating yourself up, same thing, forgive yourself, but forgive others. So if something yeah. traumatic happened to you, you have to forgive that person because yeah. it's not for them. It's for you. And so just like with, with eating, like I was so worried about this and I was so stressed out and I would just eat, 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 eat horrible things and then feel sick, like almost vomiting sick. And that's no good. And so if you have to like really forgive and like you're never going to forget right and it's not saying it's okay that this person hurt me or it's okay that this happened because those things aren't okay but it's okay to let it go and move on and then you need to focus on yourself and so when you do you can live ha- healthier have yeah. happier and then you're not you I mean you're just not stuck like being stuck is horrible believe me I know. And yeah. um, just like with food or with anything, um, you don't want to be stuck in that mindset of you got to love yourself. And you know it's really corny. And and people say you can't love yourself, but it's true. Like when I feel down about myself, I'm probably not giving all the like love and empathy oh. and compassion that I'm supposed to be doing. And um, and so. You, you can do it, everybody. So to reach out to Karen, we're going to talk about in a second where we can find her, reach out to her. She can help you figure out why you're going through this yo-yo uh, up and down thing. Why do you have this connection to, you have a connection to what weight you are or food or what, like what stems, what does, what does it stem from? Cause it comes from our childhood. Like you said, you have to eat every single thing. I remember one time my brother, oh my gosh, he was so rotten, but uh, I miss him. Uh He was uh, one year younger than me. This is not one. This is two. Uh, one year younger than me. And we lived in Germany. And I remember I was only like five and he was four. But my mom would make him sit at the table until he would finish eating. And he would fall asleep in his food, literally face in yeah. the food. And <laughs> so it's a funny memory now because he's not yeah. here. But yeah. at the time, we would be like, what's wrong with you? Just eat it you eat stubborn it. little kid yeah and yeah. so he just didn't like it and so but like you're saying like he knew he didn't like it he didn't want to be forced to but we just thought he was just being stubborn because he wanted dessert and they would say you can't have dessert if you don't eat this you know so it's just like it's funny how we like you know things are just so correlated but like if you're you're always taught you have to eat every single bite you know I have that thing in my mind where I'm like I don't want to waste money I don't want to waste money. Uh, you know, I spent $16 on this meal and I'm going to have to eat every single bite of it, even though I'm extremely full because I don't want to waste money. But oh, well, who cares? Like,
1: yeah, that's, it, or, you or you take half home. Yeah. But see, my thing was I couldn't take half home because I couldn't stop eating. Like way back when, mm-hmm. right? Because oh my goodness, this is so good. That was the story I told myself, and I couldn't stop. So, oh. but yeah, there's so many things we we don't even know we're doing. That's just not helping us. Like we do know, no. do, but we don't know what to do to change it, because the diet industry and I go back to it a lot never taught us any of this and my parents I know my parents never taught me this right told you eat it all so no wonder I ate it all <laughs> yeah yeah that's the thing
0: you're right and so um you know it, it's it's so funny but where can we like where can we find you do you have a website for your your coaching
1: or yeah, okay it's a- Look, Karen Shable, KarenShable.com. I'm on Instagram, Karen Shable underscore, on Facebook, Karen Shable. Uh, food uh, my business one is food and body freedom for nurses. So yeah, reach out, take a look. I just as we're recording it, I'm just shifting away from weight loss. So they'll look and there's a lot of information about weight loss. Um but I'm like going, yeah, wait when we focus on weight loss it just sets us up for, right. for staying in your yo-yo dieting cycle. So it's time for me to release that and do what feels right and good for me and it's working on all the stuff underneath the surface and learning learning a new way of living. Like time to enjoy our life, right?
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Focusing on the number uh is also mentally draining. I did that. I was like so I did really good too. Uh every Monday I would weigh in and I didn't lose I would never ever had gained a pound. I always was either even or lost. But it was like a mind thing. Like it was like if I would have gained I would have beat myself up so bad I would have felt horrible and it could have been like point two and I would have been like, no. But you know, I mean if you live by the number and like, I counted calories for a long time and then the macros and weighing crap and blah, blah, blah. I was only allowed to eat 30 pistachios. I know that to this point. And, you know, I had everything down to a science. I was allowed to eat, you know, I had to have three uh boiled eggs, but I don't eat yolks. So that took away some of my protein and then blah, 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 blah. blah. It was just a it's mess. A
1: science, You know what? Dieting is a science experience. But guess what? We were brought on this earth not to be in a science experience. <laughs> yeah,
0: true. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's so. right. So yeah.
1: this no, has been really good. Natural. And
0: yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, it's been awesome and very helpful. And Thank hopefully, you. um, you listening out there, this really helped you. Please reach out to Karen if you are having um any issues pertaining to food, or even if you're not eating enough food, and there's a lot of people that um talk about anorexia, bulimia, those things they have that thing about food, but it's the opposite way of you know, and so but they want to lose weight, but it's like unhealthy, like food is like not good, like you know, and so um, I don't know everything about it, but I know people that have struggles with those eating disorders, but if you really just want to free your mind of those thoughts uh surrounding food talk to her and see if you know do you do like consults like I do like oh. I do like a okay yeah, yeah so I
1: mean, there's no obligation I'm not a push uh it's the, I never push because it's got to feel right what I'm doing and I have to feel right for them I have to be the right person the right fit so Absolutely. really I encourage people to get on a call, talk and find out, is this the right thing for you? Because doing something just because, again, you have to do it. Yeah, never to you've got to have it. Oh. Like It's got to feel right to you.
0: All right. Absolutely. All right. Thank
1: you. Thank you for letting me
0: come in and talk to you. Of course. You're so awesome. I, I really enjoy speaking to you. I love your energy. And I'm really proud of all the progress that you've made in your life. And just like being honest about and sharing your story and just being honest and saying like, Hey, I realized that, you know, I still need to work on this as well. And, but that's the great thing about life coaching is that every single client teaches you something also. So you learn from every single person and you grow with them, like you're teaching and you're helping, but you're also like growing as a person and as a coach in the meantime and having a coach, I have a coach as well. And so Like it just proves that coaching really does work. It's really therapeutic. It's very beneficial. And no matter what the coaching is, it it can help you get back to just again, like living healthy, happy, being successful and whatever success means to you and just moving on and just, you know, and living again sometimes we don't live we're
1: just floating by like meh. Yeah. and so it's important like, to live but we're stuck in our head. that yeah. was me for so many years stuck in my head not living. so it's time to work in that work on all that in our head and like in really in like I talk about body but just enjoy come from from inside of us like enjoy know yeah. what really, like happy feels like we can be happy.
0: Yep, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. I'd love to talk to you uh, again in season three, and, um, and just see how you're doing with your coaching and everything. And uh, I'm, again, I'm proud of you. And thank you for sharing. And you're so awesome. And you have a good day. You too. Thank you, everybody. Bye. how cool is that so yeah so karen is an amazing person she has such a great personality and good energy and you know and we're both nurses and so she just wants to help people and that's the same thing with me so excuse me i really liked in uh talking to her it was really awesome and she really taught us a lot and like the mind like you know with the dieting and what size you are and all that stuff is all can be related to your mind and that all can relate to other things and really traumas and things that have happened to you, not even related to food can really affect how you're eating. And I was definitely, I still am an emotional eater, uh, which is not good, but anyway, so reach out to Karen. Um, if you need some help and want a coach and again, you could do like a, um, consultation or whatever, uh, I have discovery calls, is what I call mine, and just see if that's the right fit for you. She's really amazing. She's told me, um, she's really helped a lot of people, and um, it's it's really awesome. She has different programs and stuff, and so different lengths of time and everything. But she's just really a good person, and I um enjoy talking to her. So all of you guys have a great day. And again, if you need a grief or PTSD coach, please reach out to me. AuthenticPointsOfView at gmail.com. If you want a person on the podcast, uh, if you want a subject, if you like want to come on yourself, reach out to me in that email. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, all those things. So just reach out to me and see what I can do to help you. Okay. I would love to help you. That's something that makes me happy. That's something that, you know, I really um look forward to is being a part of people's journeys and uh healing journeys so thank you guys i will see you next wednesday bye thanks for listening to authentic points of view podcast i hope that something you heard today changes your point of view if you would like to share your views please email me at AuthenticPointsOfView at gmail.com or leave a comment on Facebook at Authentic Points of View Podcast. Remember, always be mindful of other people's journeys and have open ears and an open heart. listening to authentic points of view podcast i hope that something you heard today changes your point of view if you would like to share your views please email me at authenticpointsofview at gmail.com or leave a comment on facebook at authentic points of view podcast remember always be mindful of other people's journeys and have open ears and an open heart